guys. Welcome back to She Thinks She Knows. I'm Brianna. I'm Maharo. And I'm Demaya. Uh, today's topic, we're going to be talking about uh, black people in film, in the film industry. Uh, um, in light of it being Black History Month, we thought this would be a great way to start off our second season. And um, we actually brought a guest so he can introduce himself. Uh, my name is Christian Woods. Uh, I'm a senior. Um, my major is uh, Afro-American Studies. And I focus on you know f- uh, film, culture, music, all, all that kind of stuff. He is like the film guru. Like on, <laughs> on Instagram, when I'm scrolling, yeah. I see something about some black film. I'm like, this is Christian. <laughs> yeah. So it was only right that we brought him in. To we, um, like Demaya said, we kind of noticed how Christian seemed to be somebody who was very, he had a lot of knowledge on films. And I think we particularly wanted to have this episode happen during Black History Month because we feel like now more than ever, it's becoming clear that films are like a way to represent black people or they can be, they have historically been a way to represent black people for the better or worse. And so I just thought it would be interesting to have this um, episode come together and talk about this and have somebody who really knows what they're talking about educate us and like, you know, engage with in the discussion with us. So, um, you introduce yourself. Do you want to give us like a brief history on film for you or like uh like for myself personally? Yeah, like I guess the important aspects or like the key moments in black film history. Okay, uh so that you followed or you've studied basically. All right. So, some key moments I would say for black people in the film industry. Um well, the first thing would be like uh, how first black people were first represented in film, mm-hmm. you know, uh, first, like, not actually having black people, but white people in blackface mm-hmm. that would uh, per- uh, portray African-Americans in films such as uh, The Birth of a Nation or uh, The Jazz Singer. And then once you start to get black people into film, uh, then you have uh, black people playing, like, stereotypical roles like uh, slave, butler, or maid, or something like that. And then you get uh, Hattie McDaniels, who wins, who's the first ever black person to win a Oscar for Gone with the Wind in, in 1939. And then uh, that kind of opens the door for more black people to kind of, you know, be more successful in film. Uh, but then you get around to the 50s, it's more the same. Mm-hmm. And then into the 60s, you get uh, more, like, uh, better representation. Like in the film uh, *Raisin in the Sun* with uh, Sidney mm-hmm. Poitier and um, Ruby D, and then in the '70s is where you get black exploitation, where you have you know very black black Afrocentric films, but then you we have like a, a kind of like evolution of the stereotypes where they changed fr- uh, into different things, and that and the stereotypes from the '70s followed all the way up until the '90s into the 2000s. <clears throat> and and then we have today where like for the most part in mo- most of black films today you don't see too ma- too much of the old st- the older stereotypes or the the newer stereotypes. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting because like you know we went we did the research on what you were giving us yeah. and it was just very interesting to see like how black people have made their way through mm-hmm. black film mm-hmm. but we Brianna and I were talking about it how even though they're they've made their way through black film it started off 
very bad. Yeah, like, it was like degrading. Yeah, and it was not. It was like a backhanded compliment in yeah. a sense because you're being named the first black actor or the first black this to do this in film, but you're playing a stereotypical black role for white people to sit there and laugh at, to be entertainment for white people. Mm -hmm. And so it's just very interesting how that evolution occurred. So, yeah. yeah. What do you have to say, Brianna? Yeah, I was just going, like, I was just thinking before we even, like, get, like, too deep into it, because I wanted to know kind of how it is that you got such a fascination for the idea of, like, african-american studies and like specifically like you clearly have like a very like a very clear timeline of like the history of black film so i just want to know like what kind of sparked your interest in it and made you really want to pursue it so deeply okay uh well what got me interested in uh african-american studies uh see i was in eighth grade uh yes uh february of 2012 <laughs> he has a timeline. <laughs> yes, uh, that was like because uh, everyone has like so called like watershed moment, and uh, mine was uh, the killing of uh, Trayvon Martin. Mm. Yeah, and and that is like my kind of like when I started to really like look into like uh, specifically Black history and like uh, Black studies uh, because before then like I was all into history, just but like just world history or. Just American history, yeah. you know. But this, that was like when I got really deep into uh, Black studies, and I didn't take a uh, African American uh, history course until my senior year of high school because there was nothing really yeah. uh, offered. So I did most of my research on my own, and like you know, uh, I brought all these books and everything. Like um, you know, so I watching like movies about it and stuff like that, and that's what really like really got me into it. Wow, it's just, it's kind of inspiring to Mm -hmm. see because people, they don't really do their homework. And I know, like, sometimes I'm like, I want (laughs) to learn my history. I want to know a whole bunch about black history or even American history because I don't think I'm as brushed up on American history as I should be. And I'll go through a time period where I'm, like, on YouTube watching all these documentaries (laughs) and, like, like reading about people and then there'll just be a long period of time where I'm just going on about my days and so when you gave us this research I was up until 2 a.m. 3 a.m. last night trying to um you know really get into it because I'm like wow this is interesting and so it's just really cool to see you stick with it and like be passionate and outwardly passionate about like yeah. about your love for history so yeah that's cool oh and also everybody congratulations to christian because <laughs> oh, yeah. he just got into the phd program here yeah. at umass for afro am studies and he's just in his senior year so he's he's already Literally. doing a I lot know. of things that most people don't do until their middle ages when they've worked a few years or maybe 10 years so <laughs> That's a big accomplishment. Thank you. Yeah. No problem, Christian. <laughs> so um, I just made some questions. Mm-hmm. I know that, like, these questions are kind of based on the research that we did. So, like, I was thinking you could just answer right. answer them. Um, the first one that I had are is, what are some stereotypes in black film that, like, are historically derived and or pushed in the present day? Hmm. Because I know that you had a lot of, or you had a couple of terms yes. and stereotypes, so what yeah, do you think? Um, some that are still around, like, prevalent today. Just, you can or, start with 
oh, the stereotypes th- from history, okay, and then we cool. can talk about the ones today. All right. So, so the ones uh, that we see first in the beginning of film, uh, actually, they uh, actually date back even further back to uh, minstrel shows. Mm. So, and these stereotypes are uh, the mammy, uh, the Uncle Tom, the, which comes from the book Uncle Tom's Cabin, uh, the coon. Uh, and uh, Jezebel, those are the four like main ones, but mm. there are others. Uh, and uh, with each of those, so we see the Mammy character in a film like Gone with the Wind, uh, Hattie McDaniel's character, uh, who's uh, the Mammy is this uh, mo- most of the time overweight, older uh, black woman who like is asexual. Like all the kids love Mammy, and she you know she's happy to work for the white people and everything like that. And then you have the Uncle Tom, which is a, another like older uh, bl- a black character, and he's you know he loves the master so much, you know he died for the master. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, then you have the coon, which is you know uh, this like buffoonish kind of character, you know uh, dressed all like tatters, tattered clothing, and you know, always dancing, smiling. And then you have the Jezebel, which is this hypersexualized, um, for the most part younger uh, black female who, like, is just all about sex and, like, nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with, with these characters, like, the, these uh, these stereotypical characteristics lasted from, like, the 1830s with menstrual shows all the way up until, like, maybe... Even some of them are, are still today, are in um, today's uh, time with uh, some film and uh, television shows. But... Um, the, resur- the resurgence of uh, some of these uh, stereotypes in the 70s with black exploitation, like you have the stereotype of the pimp or the um, mm. or the Jezebel, which uh, turned into the hoe, and mm. you have um, was the, dr- the drug the dealer. The crackhead. Yeah, yep. so the crackhead. Or the drug dealer, uh, yep. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so like those were like, uh, oh, and another one, which was the buck, which is now like a thug, mm. you know. And uh, with these character, with these are stereotypical characteristics. You have so like for the buck, which is now the thug. You have you know the the big you know scary black guy you know mm-hmm. who you know steals from people, kills people, stuff like that. And you have the hoe, which is just the the Jezebel stereotype with a different name. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have the drug dealer, which is what what he is, you know. And yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> drugs. And uh, what was the other one I said? I don't know. You said the pimp. Oh, the pimp. Yeah. Oh, the pimp. And the pimp, which is you know what he is, you mm-hmm. know, um, taking advantage of people, mm-hmm. you know, of their bodies. Yeah. So can we just explain the term yes. black exploitation for people that don't know what it is? So black exploitation. So uh, it's a mixture of two words, black and exploitation. So it's basically a film that was uh, released in the 1970s with a predominantly black cast. And it focuses on like uh, black uh, themes or, or themes prevalent to the African American community, and there's an exploitive uh, factor like there's a whole bunch of violence or sex or anything like that, a whole bunch of cursing. And some examples would be uh, Shaft, uh, Superfly, Foxy Brown, and um, you know uh, films of like that. Mm. Okay, that's interesting. I. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to continue like the twofold mm-hmm. of the question, I guess, or let you guys or us answer. Like, I know you just explained like um, the stereotypes that were prevalent like in the past. Do you guys think that any of those have followed us or are there any new ones that you see in like TV shows and movies today? I think they all follow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they just take different form, different language. Mm-hmm. 
different appearance. Yeah. Because like even like Tyler Perry, like Medea could be the mammy. The mammy. You yeah. know what I mean? Yes. And although she's rowdy and Bitter. although she causes a scene, she's mm. the mammy. Yes. Everybody loves Medea. Mm. Everybody knows Medea. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know? And then like even like um what is it? Like the coon, like my dad, we used to um, watch like Tyler Perry movies and stuff. He would say, Mr. Brown. Yes. He's yeah. a coon. Like, yeah. and that just, like, when you started talking about, oh, <laughs> laughing, this, this, and that, it just brought the patterns. up. Yeah, it just brought up everything that my dad used to say, like the ashy knees and stuff yes. like that. <laughs> and when I was doing research about the coon, it's like, they don't even know. Like, they're so unaware that they're making a fool of themselves. Yeah. And, Mr. Yeah. Brown portrays that like so perfectly. Yeah. Mm. So I definitely think that a lot of these, all of these um, stereotypical characters still exist. Yeah. Um, and it's actually sad because I think a lot of black film is just based on, you know, yeah. making fun of what, a, what black people do or what their patterns are or how they um, are characterized. And yeah. so I think it hasn't changed. Yeah, I wanted to speak on that, like the black spoil, the blacks, how do black I say Black exploitation. Yeah, black voice. I don't even know how to say it. It's like, it's, it's hard. But um, I feel like with that genre, like that was created at first, it seemed like, okay, this is a way for us to kind of give our view of the story, mm -hmm. dramatize it a little bit to give people what they want. But at the same time, it was kind of like a double-edged sword. Because while you're, yes, like giving people, like this is our genre, we're going to portray, you know, our lives in a dramatic way. But like, I feel like now it's kind of influenced people to believe like this is the life you need to have. And like yeah. in film now, it's it's like it seems so hard for black people to get away from that because mm -hmm. that's what sells. And that I feel like that's where the disadvantage comes in because there are ways that you could evolve a, a film to be more progressive. And I think that while people have been trying to make those strides, it's a lot of the, the basics of like, I grew up in a life of crime and mm -hmm. I had to get out and you know, these are my friends, not everyone made it. Like stuff like that is just, it's so, it's becoming so repetitive that it's just a routine now. And I feel like it's kind of like, I don't know, it's interesting because there's a different spin on the way that people are even making films like documentaries <coughs> that are more historical for the importance of like, okay, these movies aren't just saying like, this is life and that's it. Like, here's how it's actually happening to kind of contrast that like negative. But I also feel like there needs to be a lot more that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. yes. And I was going to say about the stereotypes, I feel like with your example, um, having these Tyler Perry, I mean, obviously like everybody knows he writes his own stuff. So it's interesting how like that's damaging in a way, mm. but at the same time, like when um, Christian was talking about the Mammy character, or like when I had be even been thinking about it before earlier today, I was thinking about how like even in mainstream like Disney, you know, shows mm. like that, like just shows you would see on TV and like movies Disney. and stuff. There's always that like <laughs> Mammy black woman like cafeteria lady type, you know, who's mm. just and it's just interesting because even though that person like performs the role well, it's like that role was written on script nine times out of 10 by a white person. Yeah. Mm. And so it's just interesting. But, um, since you brought up Disney, mm. uh, <laughs> go in, go in, <laughs> let us know. I'm exposed. Yes. Okay. Uh, so I don't think I put this movie on the list for you guys to look up. Um, song of the South, mm. uh, Disney loves to pretend they didn't make that movie. Uh, mm. so this wow. was 1941 or 42, uh, song, song of the South. Uh, this is very stereotypical, like, 
like racist movie that Disney made, and wow. uh, did uh, and lots of companies back then like Disney, Warner Brothers, you know, uh, they they all their like cartoon characters like they've had them like in blackface and like oh, wow. and, like uh, different stereotypical things like um, Mickey Ma- like and actually the designs of all oh, of these wow. older characters like Mickey Mouse, uh, Bugs Bunny like have you ever noticed like why all these cartoon characters who wear gloves? Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, uh, wow. It's all like came from that because, of course, like they were first in black and white, and they would like do these like kind of like shuffling kind of things, and it was to like kind of like be like minstrels just in cartoon form with mm. animals, wow. you know. And a lot, a lot of them actually put on blackface, and I can actually send a video of like a big compilation of all of the. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you should. Right, that's crazy yeah. that's because Disney's so big now, and mm-hmm. you can see, and even now, like how they're trying to make their films, like, more cultural, like, you yes. know, like, Moana, like, you know, like, and they're trying to show, like, a different side, but, like, the roots of it, what made it, Disney, yeah. is, like, rooted in this. Yeah. I think that's yeah, just the opposite. reality of, like, all of these big companies that mm-hmm. exist, and that it exist in any um, market, yes. you know, you, you have to exploit black people in order to be successful at one right. point. And that might sound like a controversial statement, but I think it's very true. And I think you can find that in every industry that you look into very deeply. And so Mm -hmm. it's just very interesting that you even brought up the point because, like, people don't think. People don't think about, oh, like, you know, why does Bugs Mm -hmm. Bunny have gloves on? Why does Mickey Mouse have gloves on? Like, I didn't even even notice that. And lots of these cartoons, like, they were making them up until the, the 50s where, like, they were still having them do these kind of, like, um, you know, minstrel t- type of things. Wow. That's, like, very recent. Yeah. Like, you know, we think and it's about... It's just the form, the, how they present it could easily cover up all of that because yeah. it's like, oh, it's just a harmless, uh, you know, the people who designed it, they just wanted to give a not-so-real, you know, like, fantasy kind of mm-hmm. view, but, but there's so many hidden you, messages. But where just, did your idea inspiration come, come from? from. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's that's the question that we have to ask. Yeah. But yeah, that's very interesting. The next question I have: um, Who are some people that you think have pushed the like black uh, black film movement or progression forward? Push it forward. It could be directors, actors. Uh, so I'd say Spike Lee. Uh-huh. Uh, he he pushes pushes it forward like. Like every movie he's made has some sort of like political message, you yeah. know. Um, my favorite of his being "Do the Right Thing," mm-hmm. which kind of like predicted the nineteen ninety two L A uh, mm-hmm. uprising. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, with that wow. film coming out eighty nine, it was like almost like just on a smaller scale in the movie. Yeah. Uh, so Spike Lee, um, John Singleton, I would say, uh, especially with his movie uh, "Boys in the Hood," with which really mm-hmm. like uh, encapsulates like inner city, you know, L.A. life, mm-hmm. you know, and um, so John Singleton, and probably say Sidney Poitier, because uh, during uh, his heyday, during the 60s and 70s, like, he was really, like, he never did any, like, stereotypical role, Yeah, you know, uh, he never, you know, um, played any, like, bad guy or played any stereotype. Like, he was always, like, the outstanding, you know, everyone, you know, uh, looked up to him kind of roles, you know? So, yeah. Mm. That's good. Um, w- somebody that you gave us to look up mm-hmm. that I was just very, like, into yes. was Paul Robeson. Oh, yes, Paul Robeson. I, um, he was, if you people don't know, um, he's um, a singer. 
slash civil rights activist, and he like he did got like fa- he got famous during the Harlem Renaissance mm-hmm. and stuff, mm-hmm. and he was he did his singing about like the struggles of black people and he used the n-word a lot Mm -hmm. and i was very interested to see that um he stopped using the n-word like Mm -hmm. in his songs and he started saying like darkies or because (laughs) yeah because um it was during the time of the spanish war um and he like supported he supported like the republican agenda Mm -hmm. and um war refugees Mm -hmm. and so he was very controversial like he was an early of he was an early example of going against the grain Mm -hmm. and like he was blacklisted in everything from the united states because they thought he was a part of the commune he supported the communist um, party (laughs) and all this stuff and it just goes to show that like people black people never stop resisting Mm -hmm. and they try to make it seem like you know think at one point things are better or that because during the Harlem Renaissance, you know, black people were starting to be recognized Mm -hmm. that there still wasn't a form of activism that had to come behind that. And so I was really interested in researching him because it shows you the other side Mm -hmm. of the black, um, um, the Harlem Renaissance and what people were doing when they were not performing for people or when they were not entertaining. And so that was very interesting um, when I was reading about him. Yeah. So, yeah. One person that I've been interested in recently that I've seen is Ava, Ava DuVernay. Mm-hmm. Oh. Ava DuVernay. Um, yeah. I, I was know really that just most people about know her now, I think, because she just directed The Hate, the hate You Gave. Um, when They Wendy's. See Us. When They See Us, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just so confused. But yeah, I think that that was like a really strong move in her career to for her to be recognized by like a lot of people mm-hmm. but i know she also directed like selma yeah. and a lot 13th, of other things um the 13th yeah yeah the 13th it's just the 13th yeah <laughs> that documentary <laughs> um that was good i remember us watching that in high school mm-hmm. and i feel like I watched my sister when i watched it like i saw her name on the credits but i didn't really think about her as much mm-hmm. but like i kept hearing about her through social media and then especially after um when they see us like was released um, and Queen Sugar, our favorite oh, show. Yeah, <laughs> Queen and, Sugar. Yeah, I feel like she could be uh, an example of kind of like a director who is giving a different narrative and trying mm-hmm. to yeah. like change the the way that people do film. Because yes. like Queen Sugar, like for example, that show is like if you guys don't know Queen Sugar, like watch it. It's actually good. It is good. Um, and it's like a it doesn't like you wouldn't think about that kind of black life mm-hmm. like that the farm farmers and people who are kind of like being cheated by the whole organization of how like land ownership and everything was like happening. And that's still like relevant to a lot of people. And I feel like by her portraying it in that way, mm-hmm. it gives people like, it opens your eyes without making them feel like they're being lectured, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like she's someone who definitely like, thir- the 13th was a little bit more serious. It was like a documentary, but I like watched it twice because I was like, wow, like that's kind of like interesting. Cause the little facts they throw in there. I feel like it kind of like, takes you by shock because it's things that you wouldn't imagine mm-hmm. and so i feel like that's kind of mm-hmm. what she does i i kind of like that she like gives it that spin of like entertainment but also informative mm-hmm. and i feel like a lot of people like for example tyler perry who's like what he does like the way that he's been i guess like his message behind like all of his films could be seen as something that's very progressive and like empowering but at the end of the day, like his films themselves are still very Straight entertaining. Yeah, like, and, and so I feel like while his actions behind his films can be seen as like very 
um, like they can be honorable, you know, like buying his studio on land that was owned yeah. by slave owners, like stuff like that. I feel like, oh, yes, that's great. Like he's still kind of sending out a message that isn't very mm. progressive and people love his movies. So like if you have that kind of influence, you should use it. Whereas opposed to Ava, she's not really like someone who everyone's like, oh, you know, like she's becoming more important now. But the people who have already had like their kind of like foot in the door and like they are already settled there, they should really start taking a lot of strides to do stuff like that. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I have to say. Yeah, I could that's, go ahead. No, go ahead. You can go. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of brings up a question I wanted to ask. I was going to ask this later, but it was about Tyler Perry. Because I know that <laughs> with the release of his new movie, A Fall from Grace, <laughs> oh, yeah. on Netflix. Have you heard of it, Christian? I heard of it. Did I, you watch it? Watched I didn't it? watch it, but I've heard all the memes. About <laughs> <it>. <laughs> we watched it in 1898. We watched it together, but um, it was just interesting because when I was on Twitter and like I was looking at all the threads about it, People, like there was a lot of controversy not even controversy but like it was like two sides like one side was like like Tyler Perry like he cuz apparently like um if you guys hadn't heard like he had a video or something on Twitter where he was saying how he releases like he writes scripts really quickly and he had all these new scripts written entirely like mm. just by him like ready to go and so he would like it was basically a picture of like a, t- a table in a writers room and it was like piles of new scripts of like new shows or new movies he had written and so half the people were like wow like look at how dedicated and like you know look how able he is and he's a good like black director he he's a good producer but then a lot of other people were saying like he doesn't really take it's more of a quantity over quality thing Mm. he doesn't really take the time to represent black people well and there was kind of like a debate on that so i just thought it was interesting to bring up and say like based on what we've seen in his recent work like do we think that Tyler Perry is somebody who's doing positive things for the culture. Like, is it just positive entertainment-wise? Is it kind of detrimental to a sense? Is it, like, not pushing black people in films and shows, like, positively? Like, what do you guys think about his work and, like, his style and, like, that in general? So, with Tyler Perry stuff, like, he, for the most part, does the same kinds of stories Mm. over and over again. Like, it's always, like, this kind of... So there's always like dramas. And, <laughs> and I'm in jail. I'm a I'm a call a popo like an angry black woman. Yeah. Yes, it always has the stereotypes. Like it always yeah. has an angry black woman. There's always somebody either in and out of jail or having some issues with law. There's always this, you know. It's always the same kind of structure as well, you know. So I feel like. And like that, you how you brought up with the all he had all these scripts. Like it mm-hmm. makes sense that he has a whole lot of same scripts because like he's just writing the same stuff over and over. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's so, um. Oh, I continue, continue. No, I just want to say like so. It seems like he's just you know mm. like stale. Like he's not pushing anything forward. Yeah, he, yeah. He's okay, makes sense. Good. Yeah, I feel like with him, I feel like while what he knows is he knows those films. Like that's what yeah. he knows. That's that's his uh his routine. Mm. But I think that one way that Tyler Perry, in a sense pushes black people forward is his like how he how he finds his actors like you know mm-hmm. you, you have little stories of like oh this person quit their job and, uh, and Tyler Perry brought them on a movie and while like Tyler Perry can make enough movies like with his scripts he can and he can always have the same kind of cast like you know a lot of the Tyler Perry movies you're gonna see about like four or five of the consistent yeah. like people in there so I think like while that is kind of his way of opening doors for other people it's kind of, it's not really leading to a lot of what it could be 
if you were to take time to write a script that's different. Like, you know, yeah. like, for example, someone, like, we can bring up someone else, like, Jordan Peele. Like, mm. he went from being a comedian <clears throat> to, like, writing writing movies that, for the most part, people will never, like, fully understand. But just the idea behind, like, getting people to think and making them black films, mm. that's an example of someone who's kind of, like, pushing, pushing forward. Yes. Like, you're using new actors and you're writing new material. You know, mm. I feel like Tyler Perry, he has new actors. He's getting people's face out there. He's showing black representation, but it's still the stereotypical black re- representation. Yeah, I think in Tyler Perry's case, it's about that risk. It's like, you know, I've been so successful for so long. I built this studio yeah. with all those films that I made. And so how, how I'm, I'm taking a risk if I decide to do something different. Mm. I've built up this reputation. How am I gonna just go back on that, you know? Mm. And I'm not, that's not okay at all, I don't think, because, (laughs) you know, when you have a platform as big as Tyler Perry, you, I I don't care, you're obligated. (laughs) Mm. You are obligated to make some noise. And so I think it's very good, like you brought up, like about Jordan Peele or Mm. Ava DuVernay, even Spike Lee, you're making noise about you're making noise for black people and so like um even when i was um reading about spike lee because everybody knows spike lee but um like just how controversial he is there has to be some level of fearlessness when you do this Mm. and i think that a lot of black people that are famous are still scared and they're not really ready to risk it all and so i think that that just depends on the type of person that you are, whether or not you're going to keep playing into those stereotypes and mm-hmm. keep doing what gets you success and what gets you money, mm-hmm. or whether or not you're gonna take that risk and you're gonna be like, you know what, like for black people, this is what I'm doing, you know yeah. what I mean? And so I think that's the thing with Tyler Perry. It's just like a level of security that Yeah, he it's has like you already have a safety net, mm-hmm. so there should be no reason why you can't test the waters with a new with a different type of production like, yeah a fall from grace like granted that one had a twist <laughs> like you know like, it's not what i was expecting at all but that's also not what i was expecting like you know yeah like with the title fall from grace i was thinking oh you know like maybe this would be something revolutionary but it was just another kind of like snapped like literally was snapped yeah <laughs> so it's just kind exactly of- and i think um you know what was i gonna say i totally forgot We'll come back to it. Do you, <laughs> do you have something to say, Christian? Oh, uh, as far as like Tyler Perry, because Tyler Perry, he actually went out of his comfort zone once with one movie, uh, Alex Cross. Where, like, oh, yeah. yeah I remember. He, that's supposed to be, he was supposed to be a detective or something, <laughs> and like it didn't do well, so I don't think he's getting to get out of his comfort zone. <laughs> oh, that's what I was going to say. Like, people think movies are supposed to be entertainment. Mm-hmm. Like, from the consumer side, yeah. you know, movies are supposed to be entertaining. I don't want to be educated and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I think that's another thing where, like, even black people, they're like, oh, I don't, you know, black people are very naive sometimes. And so, you know, always feeling like this is going to be a directed by a black person. Yeah. So yeah. it's going to be serious. It's going to be um, historical. It's going to be, like, you know, not mm-hmm. entertaining. I think... That's another thing, too, is just, like, how do we get all black people to be on the same page mm-hmm. about, like, using this platform to promote positivity, I guess? Yes. Because, like, because history is history, but mm-hmm. when you talk about it, you're promoting change. You're promoting people to know about what happened. So okay. I think that's... Makes sense. That was my take on it. Mm-hmm. 
So we're going to take a quick break um, and then we'll come back and resume our conversation. Hey guys, we're back from a little break and um, we just left off talking about Tyler Perry and how do we think his portrayal of black people or the black experience is progressive we kind of had mixed emotions about <laughs> that. <laughs> so we're just going to talk about some more modern day um, actors um, that appear in film, whether it's black film or just are, you know, the headliners or mm -hmm. whatever you may call it. Mm -hmm. um, so some of those people include Idris Elba and Samuel L. Jackson, even Chad Bozeman, Cicely Tyson. So just give us your take on what you think they've done for right. black people in film. So, um, so first one, uh, Idris Elba. So I think that Idris Elba has a great, like, wide range of like kind of roles that he's been in because I the first time I ever saw him in a movie was in Mandela Long Walk to Freedom where he played Nelson Mandela mm -hmm. and that was he he did an amazing performance and but I've also seen him in uh, Sometimes in April which is about the Rwandan genocide which he does another like powerful performance there and he's also been in like big action blockbusters like um, Hobbs and Shaw where he basically <laughs> plays this like super villain. You know, so I think he has a great range of of like performances, and like he, I've never seen him in something that's stereotypical. You know, uh, because I could easily see him like playing a stereotypical, you know, um, thug or stereotypical, you know, drug pusher or something like that. Mm. But I've never seen him in anything like that. Um, the who, first time I've yeah. seen Idris Elba was in Daddy's Little Girls. Yeah, that's yeah, a Tyler that's Perry that. movie. Uh -huh. yeah. That was. Actually good, but <laughs> yes. that's actually not even a stereotypical role either because right. you have this black man mm -hmm. that's fighting for his children yes. and that's that's gonna do whatever it takes to mm -hmm. have a a good life for his children and I mean, I'm not saying that there's not black men out there that right. does that, but there's a narrative that black men are not in the household, that mm -hmm. black men don't take care of their children or don't care about their children. Yeah. So even that film was really good to see. The film that I've seen, the one film that made an impression on me from Idris Elba was um, Obsessed with Beyonce. So oh. originally I watched it because Beyonce, obviously. But I think that his role in that being like, a working man in a committed relationship, you know, steady household. Mm -hmm. I think that was like a, a simple role that like people, granted the movie itself was about like someone crazy, you know, <laughs> kind of ruining the dynamic of their life. I feel like the character that he originally played of just being a regular businessman who went to work and went home to his wife and, you know, on repeat, I think that was even just like a simple portrayal of a black man that isn't really seen mm -hmm. often. And so I kind of liked that he was in there. But then also like, Avengers movies, like you know, like being that, like you know, like yeah. Galactical Savior or whatever. Like he's kind of like, not like it's not like a huge role, but it's kind of the role of like a protector and someone who's kind of like there in mm -hmm. the front lines, to to be the person who's always there and kind of like, um, his like his role in one of the movies, he was like a gatekeeper. Yeah. Like so yeah. I just feel like those roles, like while even kids, they wouldn't be thinking about the history behind, like oh wow, such a great representation because mm -hmm. uh, it's an Avengers movie, it's Marvel. But it still kind of shows, like, okay, this man is, even now, like, in entertainment, mm -hmm. kind of playing roles that are important and are strong and not really, like, just these low-down, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm not, not much of a man kind of roles. So I kind of like it, yeah. 
year. Yeah, what about Samuel Jackson? Oh, Sam Jackson. He is in everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> Literally. Like, Even commercials. <laughs> Literally. I think, let's see, because he, he actually got his career off to a late start. Because he, he started acting like in the about late 80s. Mm-hmm. I think the, fir- the first thing that... Uh, well, first thing I ever saw him in was Star Wars. Uh, oh, wow, he's in Star Wars? Yes. <laughs> he literally is in everything. Like, mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, so the first thing I saw him in was Star Wars. He plays Mace Windu, so, like, he, that that's, that's my first um, impression of him. But, like, he was in, like, let's see, Coming to America. He's in, like, uh, he, he played uh, Shaft. He played just everything. Like, he's literally in, uh, he's in the Avengers. He's yeah. In, <laughs> yeah, he was that, that black actor that, like, every studio, every, like, um, Every producer wants to have, you know, because he has that like star power. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, like, bringing the topic to like, uh, gender inclusivity mm-hmm. and stuff like that. There's so many, not so many, but there's a number of black men yeah. that we can talk about. So, what about some black women that you mm-hmm. think have been have pushed forward or or just notable modern day black women in the film? Uh, so I'd say number one person, uh, Holly Berry. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is an incredible actress, and she has like again like has been like a lot like so many different um films. Like the last thing I watched, I saw her in was in a one I forget the name of the James Bond movie that she was in. Uh, I think Tomorrow Never Dies or something like that. But like she is incredible. Um, and what what was she won the Oscar for? I think Monsters Ball, uh, that film, and. Yeah, so she she's real great. Um, another uh, incredible uh, black guy. Are we just talking about modern day right now, or whatever you want to say? Yeah. Just go okay. ahead. Right, <laughs> it's uh, your show. <laughs> so uh, Cicely Tyson, um, she's amazing. Like, uh, I think the first thing I ever saw her in was uh, Bustin' Loose. as uh, a comedy. Mm-hmm. Well, just yeah, yeah, comedy drama film. Her and Richard Pryor, they, they're taking care of a whole bunch of kids with uh, like uh, mental disabilities. And they're, like, driving them across the country from, like, New York. No, no, from Philadelphia to, um, like, Colorado. And, like, it's, it's a very wow. wild film. It, it's really good. And so, I'm going to write it down. Yeah. <laughs> I know, because that, that sounds like a, a trip. Yes. Yeah, so uh, Cicely Tyson, she's great. Um, also, Ruby D, um, who, you know, was in... Uh, Raising the Sun, she was in Do the Right Thing. You know, those are the two things that, you know, uh, two films that where I've seen her and um, that made the most impact for me. Um, you have Pam Greer, which, is, like, she is mostly known for black flotation films. Mm-hmm. So, like, Foxy Brown, mm-hmm. Coffee, um, shoot, I'm forgetting the names of the other few. Um, but, yeah, but Foxy Brown and Coffee, those are, like, to her, like, most well-known roles. Uh, she's also in... Um, What's it called? Uh, oh, Quentin Tarantino film. Um, mm. Forgetting the name of it right now. Uh, it'll, it'll come to me eventually. Yeah. But, <laughs> so but yeah, uh, so, so yeah, th- those actresses, I feel like, really you know, made an impact on, on black film and really, like, you know, push it forward. Yeah, and mm-hmm. on topic, before we, like, kind of mm-hmm. transition to something else, like, I want to bring up that term again, that Jezebel kind of. Yes. Um, and how before that was, that was a female role. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, you have the Mamie and the Jezebel, like, which are complete opposites yeah. and so how do you think that those females kind of work their way around that narrative of being because like Halle mm-hmm. Berry is a very attractive woman and like easily like you know Catwoman like she could yeah. show off this like you know very attractive young woman who can show skin and all that so how do you think those people kind of navigated 
being uh-huh. influential while also beating that stereotype? So, as far as beating the stereotype, some of them haven't. Uh, like, for example, Pam Greer. Like, the biggest, like, uh, appeal that people were going to, like, a Pam Greer movie would be for her sexuality. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Because, like, uh, she was, you know, uh, they would, the, the producers and directors who, like, control, like, you know, the wardrobe and stuff, uh, they, they would put her in all these kind of, like, skimpy outfits and, like, the big, like, main appeal was the sex appeal for her. Yeah. Um, kind of the same thing for Halle Berry when, um, you know, she first started out, like, in the 90s, like, she got uh, some roles that were, like, you know, um, that involved, like, uh, showing off her body. But uh, some of the actresses who, like, worked around that, let's say, like, uh, Ruby Dee and Cicely Tyson, like, uh, they get, got more, like, um, their characters are more, like, intelligent or, like, uh, like um, mothering kind of characters, stuff like that. So I feel like the way, like, they kind of maneuver around it were just accepting the roles where, like, they didn't have to do, you know, yeah. any mm-hmm. of that stuff. Yeah, now that I think about it, oh, what did you want to say? And even not in film, just even in regular TV shows, I yeah. think that, like, power, for example, like, when you talk about the Jezebel and being sexualized and showing your body, like, it's not done away with at right. all, at all, at all. And, like, a show like Power that's very explicit, that shows everything, that says everything. It just makes you go back and think about, like, wow, like, the narrative is still the same. You know? And it's just really sad. Somebody that I think um, that really navigates her way through those stereotypes is Issa Rae. Mm. Um, I was she's say the bomb. <laughs> Issa yeah. Rae's the bomb. Like, I love her. Like, because... She started off, she's just now getting into writing films mm. and, you know, getting a space for her for her own film um, production studio. But starting with her YouTube channel, The Awkward Black Girl, and literally not being a Jezebel or a Mammy, mm. trying to figure out, trying to navigate in her skin and trying to navigate through being an awkward black girl that's just like, you know, I'm not black enough, but I'm black. Like, you know, like people telling me I'm not black enough. And so I think like she does a really great job of navigating through that stereotype. Even her show Insecure, I think that um, there's sexuality in the show. There's showing the body, but I think that it show um, each role shows a different side of of black women at least mm. that like mm. we're not usually portrayed as on the big screens and yeah. so yeah. I think she does a really good job with that. I think two females that come to that came to my head was um, Taraji P Henson mm-hmm. and Gabrielle Union and I think that their narrative around it wasn't necessarily like running away from the Jezebel. I think they used it kind of to their advantage while also creating a different role. Like, I know Taraji P. Henson, for a lot of the movies that I've seen her in, she's, like, the independent black woman who's, you know, takes care of herself, doesn't have time for men, and, you know, stuff like that. And while that can be, it's, like, almost a combination of someone who is a mammy, but also someone who's a Jezebel, because she is very attractive, and people want her. Um, and when then you mm. have, like, people like um, Gabrielle Union, like, in her, her show Being Mary Jane, She's a working woman who also is like very sexual. She can have what she yeah, wants. Yeah, and so it's kind of like interesting how they combine different roles to create a new one, mm-hmm. and then they kind of use that because those two roles, those two actors, like that, those are their roles, kind of. You know, like that's kind of how they get into their films, and so I just found it interesting how 
someone who was able to <laughs> do both. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the new stereotypes that has evolved is the independent black woman. Yeah. And I think, like you said, Gabrielle Union and Taraji P. Henson, like they portray that. So I think that's one of the new ones that keeps coming up is the independent black woman mm. in today's day and age. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Quentin Tarantino earlier. <laughs> yes. So he, we know he's had like some controversial things in mm -hmm. his films and him being a white director, you know, talk about him and how problematic or maybe not problematic. <laughs> I don't know. Talk about um, him a little bit. Yeah. So Quentin Tarantino. So most of his influences like come from black exploitation films and kung fu films mm -hmm. of the 1970s. And it shows in his movies like Pulp Fiction or Kill oh, no. Bill. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. Like, I really do. <laughs> or uh, Django Unchained, where, like, he goes to the nth degree and, <laughs> and like, showing the ex explicit gore and cussing and sex. And he's very he's a very exploitive uh, um, director. And the thing with him is, so he was actually called out on... Uh, using the n-word so, so much in his movies and he basically said oh I, I can do it it's you know, it's kind of like an artistic kind of freedom you know <laughs> whoa brother <laughs> yeah. whoa he's he's not saying it but his actors <laughs> yeah basically and so like he has that kind of you know issue where like it's not like really needed you know that kind of like over the topness as far as like racially and stuff like that but yeah, he's a very complex director, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of the N-word, mm -hmm. black people shouldn't even use it as much as they, they shouldn't use it. And yeah. so like to, for a, a white writer and director to just feel so comfortable mm -hmm. um, and just say, you know, it's artistic, that's yeah. a little crazy yeah. because it's just, the, the word itself is problematic. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think even like the idea of, like he's making black films, so and I wonder like, if in his his view of it, it's like I'm you know helping like with Django, like yeah. you have people who are in there probably like very proud of the film, like this is history and this is mm. you know this is revolution, like Jamie Fox, like and is it Samuel L. Jackson in that yep, movie Samuel too? Like, you know, yep. so it's he's like in the, like those people being black figures who kind of have to represent their people. And then being in a film like that, that can easily just be seen as like, okay, this is this white man. Told, yeah, this white yeah. man like, told this, me to say the N word yeah, this so, many times, and I did. So it. it's like, like you know? it's really hard to kind of like have a a view of like, oh, is that good or not? Because right. while the film itself could be seen as like, oh, this is history, this is a, a different turn of events, the person who's portraying that history is white, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. So. Um, one more thing before we wrap up, give us five <laughs> black films that you think that five films that you think every black person should watch, and if um. not, their black card should be. <laughs> I'm about to write some down. <laughs> I know I'm writing. Okay. Let's see how many I even know. Let's see. Uh, Shaft. Everyone, every black person has to watch Shaft. I mean, that's like number one kind of thing. That's one. <laughs> <laughs> Failed. <laughs> uh, let's see. Friday. Mm -hmm. That's one. Do the right I'll thing. I watched that, yeah. Uh, oh, jeez. Trying to make it. Give know. two that are like real, like, this is not what you expect this generation to watch, but oh. it's necessary, you know? Oh, not this generation. Okay, cool. Uh, shoot. I would say Malcolm X. I've That's a that definite one. to watch. 
and just as a more recent one, I'd say Black Panther. Like, I, <laughs> I feel like every black person watched that one at this point. Yeah. So those five. Okay, I think I passed the yeah, test. Yeah, I gotta be on there. <laughs> it's like, I saw like the second I saw the new chef. Does that yeah. count, Christian? <laughs> <laughs> I said <Okay>. no. <laughs> Originals only. Yeah. But yeah, so if you're a student at UMass, and if you're listening to this, Christian hosts movie nights. So tell them a little bit about that. All right. So the um, Afro-Am Undergraduate Council, uh, we host movie nights every Wednesday. And every month has a different theme. So this month's theme is Black History Films. And uh, this upcoming Wednesday, we're, we are joining with the NAACP and we're showing uh, Selma, you know, uh, directed by Ava DuVernay. Um, you know, we're, and we're showing it in New Africa House uh, in the basement uh, in the theater. Okay, so make sure you go catch some of that black films um in the new africa house on wednesdays at seven yep, and also i would just want to put out too for students of color on campus the new africa house is a place that should be utilized more often while the um, afro m department has been putting on a lot of events to kind of bring it back to life it is something that has a lot of opportunities the space mm -hmm. is great you guys should definitely check it out um they also do um i know this is like they have like a few series there yes so they recently had um a scythe and I feel like that's also something that you guys should check out. So, like, these are just a lot of things that black people can go to this month um, and just, you know, keep it going. Yeah, so that concludes the first episode of our second season. We hope that you guys really enjoyed it. I think this was a really good conversation, and we appreciate Christian coming Thank in you. and yeah. being shedding light. Yeah, on something shedding. That's not really talked about. Exactly, and being young and, you know, mm -hmm. setting a tone that you don't have to be. A working man you don't have to be um, middle-aged to be into your history or to be um, an expert on your <laughs> history honestly so thank you for that mm -hmm. thank you so much okay bye guys